0: Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week in preparation for Sabbath, November 18th, we look at lesson seven, mission to my neighbor. Together, let's discover who our neighbors are and what our calling to minister to them is. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted
1: by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at the Adventist Learning Community. Together, we love learning and have 18 years of pastoral experience And now we have the privilege to dig deeper into the study.
0: All right, Michael, here we are at lesson seven, and it's mission to my neighbor. And our memory text is Luke chapter 10, verse 27. Pretty sure this is the NIV version. He answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Isn't this indeed. The summarization, the mantra, whatever you want to call it, the final, the the charge that's given to us all in order to follow God is to love God and love others.
1: I love it, and this is such a great lesson to encapsulate this. You know, I know we're coming to this question, "Who is my neighbor?" Right, but but right off here at the beginning of the lesson, it's it's quoting Galatians where it talks about uh, you shall love your neighbor as yourself you know and John 4:20 that uh, that uh, for he who does not love his brother or we could say sister right whom he has not who yes. whom he has seen, he is a liar and does not love his brother right And uh, so this idea that that whoever is our neighbor is abso- absolutely essential to the gospel and our understanding of the gospel.
0: Yeah, if we, if we get understand that concept of, if we want to love God, we, we are called to love others. It goes back to that terminology, Michael, the ideology, imagio Dei, mm-hmm. created in, in the image of God, how we treat others is how we're treating God. When you've done, on, done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. And so Michael, with that comes questions of questions. So please take us to Sunday's lesson.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So there's two key passages, which is what we started out our lesson with, right? Is the question that the lawyer asks, Luke chapter 10 verse 25, "Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life?" Right? And so this is the lawyer, and he says, "Well, what, what does the law say? Have, have you read it?" Jesus being just a little bit facetious here, right? Uh, a little little tongue in cheek, a little playful here, and that's when he answers to uh, this rhetorical question, "To love the Lord, your God, which is our, our text here for today, right? With all your heart and all your soul, all your strength, all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. And so loving one's neighbor, is, it's a biblical um, question. It's at the heart of our mission. It's the heart of, of frankly, of, of everything yes, we do. And so it's a natural responsibility that when we experience the gift of salvation that we'll want to share that good news with with others. Yes, we have a second passage here for us, Pastor Paul, First Corinthians, chapter fifteen, verses uh, thirty to thirty-two. Uh, I'm reading again from the NIV. And as for us, why do we endanger ourselves every hour? I face death every day. Yes, just as surely as I boast about you in Christ Jesus, our Lord. If I fought wild beasts in Ephesus with no more than human hopes, what have I gained? And if the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. So we're just reminded here again that life is uncertain and that, you know, whatever opportunities that we have we we they're a gift from god we we don't nothing in life is is for sure right and and so we're reminded i have a mutual friend buster we're just talking about before we started recording you know that that's facing the challenge of cancer and then i was thinking about that today and we had prayer requests at the north american division and people raised their hands and there were like three other people with you know just life and death struggles with their health right right so the reality is is cherish every day that we have and the people within our sphere of influence that we have to be able to to share Jesus, that's just at the heart and center of of what we're here for, what we're called to in terms of mission. But but that's not it. It doesn't leave us right there. We also have Jesus's method and his response, the focus of Monday's lesson.
0: Yeah, so so this is a, a little bit different for especially, I'll put it out there, us Adventists, because... We are well versed in the Bible. I, I will admit that going to a Sabbath school lesson, you can sit there amongst the rest of the people, and the wealth of knowledge that is in that circle in any on any given Sabbath morning is incredible. And but part of that is the problem of sometimes we have all the answers and we don't lead people to find the answers. And mm-hmm. Jesus in his approach was a lot different. And so Luke 10, 26, so this is right after uh, the gentleman comes up and 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 inquires of him. And verse 25, is, you did such a good job there, Michael. Of He asked him, teacher, what must I do to inherit life? And Jesus responds to him a little bit differently. He responds to him with Luke 10, 26. What is written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? Mm-hmm. In other words, you're looking for this answer, but I think you already have the answer you're looking for. Michael, you've been a professor far longer than I have, and so people have asked you many questions, and, and you could tell the difference between someone who's really inquisitive and really wants to know, or someone who asks you a question because they're trying to catch you in something or trying to make themselves sound incredibly smart. <laughs> well, <laughs> so, I think you
1: know what that's about, too, because we had offices next to each other for quite a few of those years, so. <laughs> yes, we
0: did, and and we exchanged several stories. <laughs> indeed, indeed. <laughs> As a matter of fact, the, it happens. The, yeah, the students at, at school they they had a terminology for it. My years there, and they they called it, oh, he's a flex. And, I'm, and I asked them, what does what does a flex mean? Oh, that's someone who tries to flex their theological knowledge on you. And so they ask know. questions to flex on you, <laughs> showing off. Yes, he's showing off. <laughs> so, so that's what's happened here. And Jesus sees right through it, and he asked them the question, how do you read the how do you read the scripture? How do you interpret it? How do you receive eternal life? And I'm not going to get into how he answers, but our our lesson gives us some other answers or some other scriptures mm-hmm. that are tagged on to this. Matthew yeah. 20, 26, verse 56. But this has all taken place that the thing that the writings of the prophets might be fulfilled, then all the disciples. Deserted him and fled. Uh, going on more Acts seventeen eleven. Now the Berean Jews were more noble of more noble noble character than those yeah. in Thessalonica, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. In other mm-hmm. words, they didn't listen for an answer from the disciples. They searched the scriptures to find out if these things were so. And there's two uh, two reasons for this. I can tell you something till I'm blue in the face. And a matter of fact, I'm, I'm reading a book right now. And and in that, the author said, whenever we're trying to persuade someone or talk to someone, we're not trying to get across to saying, when they're saying, you're right. We want right. them to say, that's right. And oftentimes <clears throat> when we answer, they'll say, oh, that's, uh, you're you're right. But when they say, that's right, they're saying, I agree with you. And Jesus understanding humans on the human level understood that. And I believe that's why he he shared this. So he could break down so he could deconstruct in order to reconstruct. And 2 Timothy 3.16 is the last one we're going to read. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. In other mm. words, it's not just about what the scripture says. It's also about how we interpret interpret scripture. And Jesus yeah. was getting after the heart of this gentleman of saying, I want you and I to come to common grounds. But before we do that, I need you to understand where you stand so then I can share with you what the actual truth is because Jesus is the truth. And remembering Psalms 119 verse 105, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. But in order to utilize that flashlight correctly, we have to turn on the switch. We have to put in batteries. And then we have to recognize that we're not the source of that light that christ Mm. is the actual source of light and so let us remember that in our responses just think about it when someone's asking you a question jesus oftentimes responded with a question yeah he did this intentionally he did this to disarm but also to bring in to draw in you think jesus could have answered immediately yes he can answer immediately and we have to get out of that habit of just answering the question, answer the question, and get to the heart of the matter. And the way to do that is oftentimes with another question that breaks down the barriers. Right. And so, Michael, with that being said, we're going to go to Tuesday's lesson, to inherit eternal life.
1: Yeah, so this is back to the key passage that we already have talked about, but focusing specifically in verse 27, love you know, all your heart soul, strength, and mind, and then love your neighbors yourself, just as a refresher here, but 28, it says, you have answered correctly, Jesus replied, do this, and you will live. And if you look at the next passage, it's kind of a parallel here. So since we've talked about Luke 10 quite a bit, let's look at James chapter 2, verses 17 to 22. And it's a very brief passage, but I I think it's important here. So I'm going to kind of zero in on this, and and it reads... In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. And but someone will say, You have faith, and I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I'll show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God? Well, good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. You <laughs> foolish person. Do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? And so, I mean, if you could go on, it talks about Abraham, but. You know, this idea that if you're serious about your faith, then it should actually, you know, show something, there should be some tangible result. And we don't do that tangible result so that we can be safe, but it should be a natural outgrowth. If if you're in love with somebody, you're going to show that through your actions and deeds, you'll be faithful, you're going to be honoring that other person, all of those kinds of things that right. uh, are helpful to, and, and they're, they're vital, really, right, to, to kind of, that kind of relationship. And so Jesus is trying to say, you know, if you care about your neighbors and what are the actions and deeds that we're kind of looking at here in this context of this lesson, we're talking about mission. And so one of the most obvious things is that when, when you care deeply and you love you fall in love with Jesus, you just want to share that with those around you. And so uh, I think that's that's just a, a privilege and opportunity, a beautiful, uh, beautiful things, uh, beautiful thing. Uh, which leads us to Wednesday's lesson: loving others as we love
0: ourselves. Yes, and Michael, you you set the stage wonderfully uh, there with Luke ten twenty seven and twenty eight, and and here, and uh, Wednesday's lesson is asking us to to if you will compare pair, compare the two. So let's look back over twenty seven to twenty eight again. You, he answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And he answered them, you have answered correctly. Jesus replied, do this and you will live. Uh, but we see here in 22, 37 through 40, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. I, I'm thinking about the, new, the King James Version, namely this, love your neighbor as yourself all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And as we're reading there, it's sharing that the underlying principle makes it clear is that love is the basis of it all. As a matter of fact, there's a quote from Christ's Objects Lesson, uh, page 49. Love is the underlying principle of God's government in heaven and earth, and it must be the foundation of, Christ, of, Christ, of the Christian character. This alone can make and keep him steadfast. This alone can enable him to withstand trial and temptation. And it asks, how do these verses reinforce what Jesus had told us? Well, it's going on, Micah 6, 8. What is the Lord pleased with? He has shown you, a man, but to act justly, love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. All this is the basis of love. Keep that in mind. Uh, 1 mm. John four twenty 20-21. Whoever claims to love God yet hates his brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother or sister whom they have seen, cannot love God whom they have not seen. We we've heard this before in Galatians five fourteen. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping <clears throat> this one command: love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, so the Bible is filled with love and filled with love being the cumul- cumulation uh, of, of of the scriptures of the commandments. It is the precipice of what we're called to do. Uh, we can all just do do things and like, oh look, I fed the homeless. Yes, but if you had hatred in your heart as you were doing it, it leads towards con- condemnation. But if you did it with love in your heart, it leads towards more love. Love begats love, and that's what's important to to see here and know. And so, with the title of of this uh, of this Wednesday's lesson, "Loving Others as We Love Ourselves," let's keep that in mind. Uh, and I want to just change that slightly as I'm working on a little project myself right now, valuing ourselves as we value others. Well, I like uh, that. Yes. As we, a lot of people have a problem with self-love and I get that the world oftentimes is filled with self-love and those definitions are not always the same, but value, right? I, I can't value someone else. God doesn't create trash. I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> so if I view myself as unworthy and view myself as as below, the, below being loved, it's going to be nearly impossible for me to actually love others or show value towards others. But when I recognize the cost at which I was purchased, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, and I view myself through that lens, and I can view others and value them just as much as I value myself. That means I'm not greater, I'm not less than. I am mm. equally as valuable as you, and so Michael, that takes us to one of the greatest stories in the Bible—the Good Samaritan story.
1: And, and it is a great story. You know, I—you just caught my curiosity. I, you know, a lot of you know, some of our listeners know that you—that we both taught at at Swaou for a number of years, but but now you're doing pastoral clinical care, right? There in a, yes, I am. In a more medical center setting, I, I just want to nudge you a little bit. Tell us a little bit how you see that kind of teasing out a little bit with self-care here you are ministering to nurses and physicians and different kinds of people how how does what's that look like for you
0: you know michael it's it's very interesting it's really cool it's, this is one of the first times i'm actually sitting through classes right now because i'm going through cpe right now too mm-hmm. and one of those you have a you have goals by the way you... for
1: those that are listening cpe that's like a chaplaincy certification right Buster? Pastor... yes
0: it's it's clinical pastoral education okay once again clinical pastoral education Ah, uh, thank you. you for for that clarification, Michael. Because uh, we have all this terminology that sometimes <laughs> we don't explain, right? Um, yeah. But in there, we come up with goals every yeah. unit, and so there's usually four units to to get. I, I'm I'm just doing one unit right now, but mm-hmm. in there, I realized that my value of myself wasn't as high as it could be, mm-hmm. and as I'm working on valuing myself, I'm finding that my boldness is increasing, my care and compassion for others is increasing. And it's one of those things where it's not just theological head knowledge, but it's heart knowledge. And I think that's important for every Christian, every Adventist, every disciple to have is the Mm. head and the heart working all together, which is why Christ said, love me with your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love me with everything that you have and not just with your head as sometimes we as Adventists do. It's true. It's true. Yeah.
1: Well, thank you for helping to see that just a little bit more, because I, I think it's easy. You know, I'm thinking of some of our students that we had when, when we were at Swau, you know, it, it can be easy to kind of not realize and, and take care of oneself, recognizing the precious gift that one that God has created in each of us and, and valuing that. I think that's that's beautiful. Well, coming back to the Good Samaritan story here, you know, this, this is, you know, one of the most famous stories in the Bible, and it comes right after this this conversation. And I I think this shows you how Jesus was an educator at heart, that he just cared, you know, in the midst of the the lawyer and everything else. And there's no better way to drive a point home, if you're a teacher, than to use an illustration, a story. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Metaphors. And and, and this is such a beautiful one. You know, the, the story of the man going from Jerusalem to Jericho. And a lot of Bible scholars will draw attention to the fact, if you go to the Holy Land, which is probably not a good idea right now.
0: But not right you now. you go there,
1: Jerusalem's way up high. Jericho's all the way down by the Dead Sea. So there's this huge differential in terms of distance and elevation. And, and, of course, this man is attacked by robbers and beat him, and they think he's dead, basically, leave them. And then you have a priest who comes by. He says, I'm not stopping. As a Levite comes by, I'm not stopping. But then finally, there's a Samaritan. Everyone, you know, this is the the, the paradox of the story. The irony is here's the guy that should hate him the most. And here he's the one that treats him the best and notices him and puts him on his donkey and helps him get medical care and bandages him, all those things, and, and then even offers any additional medical expenses. I have yet to meet somebody like that buster, you know, like, hey, I saw you broken down the side of the highway. You're hurt. I'll take care of your medical bills, your hospital bill, your ambulance bill. And, yeah, uh, I've, I've never met more, you before.
0: <laughs> you any More
1: medical bills, just send them all over to me. I've got it covered, you know. I got you. And, and so, but you get a, a spirit of that generosity and the extravagance of, and of course, Jesus asked the question, who was his neighbor, really? And that's when the lawyer has to reply, well, the one who had mercy on him. Not the right. answer he wants to give. Not the answer I, I can
0: imagine he's gritting his teeth as he's saying it. <laughs> right, I'm
1: sure, clenching. And yes. Jesus said, go and do likewise. But, but we could put lots of examples in that here today, right? That we can even use the modern Israelites and the Palestinians. And you could do it either way, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't really yeah. matter. I'm not trying to make a political statement. Just the point that Jesus is, is sometimes the ones you least expect. And here he is exhibiting the the story, the beauty of the gospel itself. And, and I love that. And, and so we have to look and ask ourselves, who is our neighbor? Who are the people that are not, who are being marginalized and overlooked, who have no agency, no opportunities in their lives? And and I'm going to just brag a little bit on the NAD. I just I have to, because I, I feel like a conviction in my heart, but during the year in meetings, which that's when all the church leaders from across North America get together and make decisions. And there's a lot of things. But there was one particular policy decision this time that got my attention at the very end. And it's called the the statement that our church released on the doctrine of discovery. And there've been a whole task force committee that have been working on this for some time, for several years. Mm-hmm. And, and, and a lot of people don't understand because they may see this and say, oh, is this some kind of political statement? This is not a political statement, but it is. Um, this came out of conversations in the North American division about our indigenous or native peoples who oftentimes, Buster, get overlooked. And, and yes, it's they true. Do. They really get overlooked. And this, some of the theological underpinnings behind that of the Bibles for conquest and, and and stuff like that, people were using or misusing the Bible in this kind of way. And we have to be sensitive and aware of, of those abuses that have happened and injustice that has, the injustices that have happened, even if we didn't personally ourselves perpetuate those particular evil deeds in the past, but recognizing the impact that those things have had over time. So we talk about who is our neighbor. I'm thinking here in the North American division, I'm trying to think who are the people in our division who often get left on the side of the road, if you please, the proverbial Samaritan on the side of the road. And and unfortunately, I have to say, historically, our, our indigenous peoples, our native peoples, depending which part of the, the of of North America you are, if you're in Canada or or in the US or whatever, you know, there's a sensitivity and preference in terms of different groups, how they describe themselves. But however you want to do that, I would say that that they have been marginalized and overlooked probably some of the most. And,
0: right. and it's really
1: tragic. And 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 that's why our church leaders in together took the statement said we have to say that's wrong. The way those people have been treated is wrong. That sense of colonization and perpetuating these these kinds of things has has done a grave disservice both to those peoples and by the way it's also done a grave disservice to to the christians who believe those things as well so we have to pay attention who is our neighbor well i'm proud of the north american division they stood up and said you know our neighbor includes the these native and indigenous peoples here in north america we need to watch out for them and and pay attention and and do whatever we can within our sphere of influence to ch- try to help them. So I thought this is probably not a huge news item. It's not like it's going to be making the top news cycles or whatever um, but it's the right thing to do and I'm I'm just so proud that that our church leaders stood up and 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 voted a statement and if you want to you can read it on our nads.org website or whatever. But but it's trying to take the story of the Good Samaritan and trying to take it seriously. Let's apply those things from our past to our lives. Let's make them real. Let's make the gospel truly real in our lives. Let's make that's what Jesus yes. is saying go and do likewise. Go pay attention, look, open your eyes, and see what God may
0: be telling you. Right. And, and you know, Michael, one of the things I love about that story is that. In man's eyes, the the priest and the fellow Jew, their excuses were probably valid in our eyes, right? Like, mm-hmm. I can't touch this person, they're unclean, or I have to hurry up and get the get the services started. I'll be late, I can't be late, uh, I have to go see my family, or whatever it might be. But in God's eyes, those valids are not excusable. And, and so we have to look at that and say... What is a God calling us to do? And so I commend as well the NAD for standing up for a policy that if they didn't write it, a small population or a small group of people might have been upset. But that's not about getting the acclamation or the adulation. It's about actually doing what God has called us to do, looking after and going and doing likewise, mm-hmm. living likewise. Living. Yeah.
1: Well, poignant reminders, open your eyes, invite your listeners, you know, who knows, it could be your physical neighbor, really, literally next to you, or it could be someone that is within your sphere of influence that maybe is is just not being noticed. It seems invisible to the eyes of others, but ask God to open your eyes and to see those those kind of, uh, to see who that neighbor is. And God will, through his Holy Spirit, convict each of our hearts. I believe he truly will.
0: Amen. Amen.
1: Well, that's that's a wrap for another week, and we're speeding right through this whole quarter on mission, and I'm so excited. Thank you for listening to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast. Uh, until next week, this is Sue. And Swoops. Signing, signing out. out. As we wrap up, we want to give a shout out to our sponsor, the
0: Adventist Learning Community, a ministry of the North American Division of Seventh-day Adventists. You can join us each week by subscribing on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Also, make sure you share with as many people as possible. And be sure to give us feedback by rating our podcast and go to our website, SabbathSchoolRescue.org, for each weekly episode.